This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 546, recorded on September 15th, 2022. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. You missed the pre-show. We were, that's all we talked about was weather and the pre-show. Of course, we post the show with some world-class show notes out there at the AverageGuy.tv. Big thanks to Agent Crew. If you didn't join us last week, Agent Crew from WineSpies.com. I did end up buying some wine. I started a locker. I think I've five or six bottles of wine out there that are, that I need to get add six more and they'll ship them to me for free. Some good deals gives me a chance to kind of hang around and wait for, you know, they, they have these flash sales uh, that they do. And it, so every day you get a different wine to take a kind of take advantage of. And, uh, and so we're, we're building the locker. If you haven't checked it out yet, winespies.com, no affiliate or anything like that, but if you want to head out there, the locker. I think if you're a wine, if you're a wine drinker, uh, the wine locker is kind of the way to do it. So give it a give it a try. And then, of course, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. I mentioned them a little bit earlier, but if you want to take advantage of that, uh, theaverageguy.tv/slash Patreon. Gavin Campbell is hanging out with us. You know, Gavin. He's kind of the home automation. Uh, uh, you know, writes his own code for home automation. Gavin, welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Thank you very much. And yeah, you know, just to say to the listeners, I'm not, this is not my day job. So, you know, it's just something I'm really passionate about. I like doing. So, you know, I get things wrong, but you know what? I like to talk about it. Do people say you get things wrong? Like oh, all the time. Really? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and you know what? I, I just, what? I, I, I let it go. You know, people are always ready to uh, point out anything you say wrong. You oh, know, they like, are. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just no, let I it go. I know that was, a, I was, that's kind of, cause it's, that's all you get on YouTube. You know, oh, you should have done it this way. Oh, you, you know, if you thought about it, you should have done it that way. We don't get too much of that here. So I think, I think Gavin, you're, you're in good hands. Okay. Tell me, tell me about your other podcast. What are you guys doing right now? How do people find it? What, what, what are you doing on the other, on your podcast? So I'm part of another podcast, hometech.fm with Seth and uh, TJ. And that's where we talk all home tech stuff. So we go through news headlines, you know, and we talk a lot about what we're doing in our own home, you know, little projects we're working on, stuff like that, you know, and we do that on a weekly. So that's hometech.fm. Check it out. Um, and we have like a, a Slack channel and it's everybody from like the do-it-yourselfer to the pro. And these pros, sometimes they show us their projects they're working on. And it blows me out of the water, like a $500,000 basement, you know, and just like, it's crazy what they show us sometimes, but it, it's a great podcast. Well, I'm a little biased, but you enjoy it. Of <laughs> I, course you. I enjoy doing it. <laughs> you, you know that this podcast used to be home tech. When I first started yes. it 10 years ago, we were home tech. And then I changed it to home gadget geeks. And, and I think you guys stole it from me. I should... I should come after you guys for for you know copyright infringement. I never copyrighted it, so I, I think you'd win. Go after yeah. Seth if anything. You know, we're, <laughs> he's at four oh four, so you got a few more episodes than we do. So yeah. go after Seth. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's it's all okay, <laughs> and and I'm uh, I'm glad you guys picked up on it, and uh, and I'm glad uh, there's there's some good comments. Brian says in the chat, enjoy listening. 
to insights uh, on home tech. Always a fun listen. So so good job um, over there. Um, let's talk a little bit. You got a new mic. So let's. we're not going to spend a ton of time on microphones, but you, you picked up a new mic. Tell me what you got. Oh, I got the uh, Shure MV7X, and that's the one you're seeing right here. It even still has the tag on it because I'm kind of testing it out. I want. Oh, to I was going to say, sounds. is that like when you buy a hat and you leave the, the, you leave the authentic tag on it? No, but, it's kind of yeah. like when you buy a new outfit and you leave the tag on it so you can return it in case after. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm doing okay. here. The uh, guy said uh, I have 30 days with it and uh, let him know how it is and I can take it back and try one of the other mics. So I grabbed the the Shure MV7X um, and but this is actually my first time using it, you know, other than. Oh, cool. Sounds yeah. good. It sounds great. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. How, how does it did, sound to you? It sounds good. Um, the only thing I had to replace on it was the the pop filter, the foam thing. Oh, yeah. I used uh, the foam thing that came with it wasn't filtering out all my peas and stuff. This one okay. does a much better job. So, okay. Yeah. And are you still doing radio stuff too, right? Don't you yes. do radios on Saturdays? What are you doing there? Um, Vibe 105 in Toronto. We do a reggae show. You know, it's also radiodublate.com. Um, and we do a reggae show every Saturday night there, but kind of like podcasting, we pre-recorded in advance now too, because ever since COVID, a lot of things have changed. Oh yeah. 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 I can, I can only imagine just the, it's just been, even work is completely different than it was. Although this week is the first week. It felt like we were a hundred percent back, not like a hundred percent back at work. But like work was a hundred percent back. Like I, I, I mean, I still have another day. I feel like I've worked a, a whole week already by Thursday, and I was like, "Geez, guys, slow down. Where have you been?" So yeah, it's getting, it's getting. Are you feeling that same? You feeling that same thing with your day job? Um, well, I've been working from home for fifteen plus years now, yeah, so yeah. this is another new. But a lot of people right. are back in the office, but there's a lot changing. So companies are starting to experiment with four day work weeks. Yeah, you know, and I hope our company tries to pick that up. You know, but you know, my sister's company they they gave them the option a four day work week. And it's not like you have to add extra hours. They were just no, just four days, just four. So, yeah. yeah, just four days. Yeah. And I thought I that was great. I don't know what I do with myself, just to be honest. I mean, I complain about it, but I'd sit around here on Fridays like, uh, what do I do? Now? You could get a good mow in, you know, like <laughs> I, mean, I could. I could go out and get a mow. I, I just, I, I don't. I like. I don't know. I like working. So, so for me, I mean, it, it, there's times I kind of go, eh, yeah, I've had enough. I need a break. But yeah, I have the kind of job that if I need to, I can. You know, I take take breaks when I want to. It just feels like everybody, at least where I'm working at Gallup, everybody's engaged, everybody's busy. Yes, yeah. we're back. This feels like pre-pandemic crazy, you know, craziness going on here. Well, so I just got my Gallup uh, survey uh, sent yes. to me like ten times over the last week. You know, do you want me to give you the answers? Can I? I can tell you. I, I already filled it in and submitted oh, it. You know, oh, like management was all over me. Make sure you fill it out. So yeah. you know, we go through yeah. that too. Next time, call me. I'll give you the answers. I know. It's <laughs> All right. I'll five, remember that. Five, 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 five. <laughs> How do I get to the end? <laughs> you guys are, well, it shouldn't be that long, to be honest with you. You know, maybe, I mean, uh, you're, you guys do engagement with us. Is that what you guys do? So they ask, like, do you have a best friend at work? Do you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, do you do have the right materials and equipment to do your job? Those yeah. are our Q12 questions. So there's 12 core questions and then they can add some around it so you might get 25 to 30 in there and it goes but it goes pretty fast 
Like you should yeah. have it done in about eight minutes, you know. So, uh, but I could definitely give you the answers next time. So give me if you're you're don't tell your management that. Yeah, I was talking to Sky Calvin. Yeah. He said he could give me the answers. I'll share it with my team. <laughs> yeah, next thing I know, I'm going to get this call from our from our CEO. What are you telling our customers? <laughs> so it's probably not a probably not a great idea. Well, um, you know, having a mic, we talked about this oh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think with Dan Lefebvre when he came on, it, having just kind of having that great audio, I think it's even you, you work from home. Do you use that mic for work too, or do you do you have something different? No, my my work is just I have a headset, a Plantronics headset. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I use yeah. the Plantronics for work. Uh, I don't give them the good quality. You okay. know, I yeah. save this mic That's for the good. Pre- still pretty good. We I had a Plantronics. I have a Plantronics here. No, I'm using a Jabra now. I had Plantronics first. We pre-COVID, we got Jabra headsets, and now I have yep. a, a Logitech Wired. No, yeah, Zone. I think it's called a Wired Zone. Okay, and it's the their newer ones. They're about two hundred and thirty bucks. They're not cheap, and I I really like it. I could get a little more audio back in my ears. You know, when it's my own audio coming back through, like how we get, like you're hearing your voice in full fidelity, right? Yep. So am I in my in my earbuds. Those headsets don't often do that. And it can be a little frustrating because it's kind of like you're muffled you know, for most of the day yeah. on it. But that's the only thing I wish was um, I was different. Bob's got some uh, advice for me. He says on my day off, I could go shopping for meat and bourbon. That would be there a good go. idea. Agent crew uh, uh, picked up last week when I asked him about meat. He was like, you know about mead? And so we had a fun conversation with him. I, I, I could, Bob. Um that wouldn't be good for me. I already buy too much bourbon on Saturdays. I got it. This was one of those things. Sarah's looking at me like, and it, we used to be this way with hard drives. Like, don't you have enough? And do you ever have enough hard drives? No, no, no. Can never have enough hard drives. doesn't matter how much. What do you think, Gavin, for folks, maybe listening to the first time, first time meeting you, what do you think your total storage is there at, at your place? What do you have? Um, live in my server, my Unraid server, I have 12 terabytes, but I have a lot of terabytes scattered around the house running other storage. Like I have four terabytes in my Blue Iris box and, you know, other things, right? And then I have a drawer that has a bunch of backup drives in there that are offline. Like they're just in case one dies. Yeah. I have a whole drawer and there's probably another eight terabytes beautiful. just sitting in there. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, just just some some hot swat. I have yeah. trouble with that. I have trouble with keeping drives hot because I, I leave them and then I'm like, oh, I could be using that. And so I then I deploy it into something. And then you're like, then you don't have a hot swap drive, you know. And I just I'm not good at that. I have eighty, I think I have eighty three terabytes on the in with all the crypto stuff that's going on, yeah. you know. And those will just fail. Those are kind of fail out. When was the last time you think a hard drive failed for you? Do you remember? Um, yeah, actually, it happened a few weeks ago. Actually, um, one of my hard drives failed, and of course, I get a notification that it's offline. It's failed, um, and you know what? In Unraid, it couldn't have been any easier. All I ended up doing shutting it down, um, pulling out the old drive, putting in the new drive. I started back up the array. Um, it said, "Hey, you got a new drive in here. Do you want to rebuild it?" I let it rebuild while it's rebuilding. Everything else continued to work like normal. It was like nothing was happening. And I just let it go over the course. It took about, I think I want to say about 12 hours, maybe 20, 12 hours to rebuild. Right. That, that one drive. Cause it was only a three or four gig drive, a terabyte drive. Um, And 
it couldn't have been any easier. I, uh, I've been through it before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is super easy. It, I think it's even an average tech guy thing. I have to admit to you though, and I feel bad about admitting this to you. I would have admitted it to Uyghur, but he quit on us. Um, <laughs> I'll admit it to you though. Cause you're the next like down, you know, on down the chain, the unraid, you know, who, who understands it. I just took my unraid box down. I was <gasps> like, nah, I think I'm done for a while now. Like Uyghur, I'll probably rebuild it into something else, but I don't currently have Unraid running in the house, which means my my home assistant not working. And I I almost set up Hubitat. I tried to get that working. It didn't work. I've had a string of things where I've tried getting them working and they just don't work. Right. That's not working. And I was like, well, maybe I'll install home assistant in Windows in a VM. Yeah, that didn't work very well either. And I was like, well, maybe I'll have to set up an Unraid box again. It's just so easy. One, it's easy to set up. Two, it's easy to build. Three, it's easy to install VMs on that thing. Like, it's Dockers. just easy. Yeah, no, it's just super easy. So they're doing, I got to get John back on here um, over there at Unraid. But um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an easy one. Um, in two weeks, Bob and Ryan are coming back on. We're going to spend some time talking about a new build. Those guys are going to give me some recond- recommendations on a new build. You just did a rack setup, and I've considered doing rack. Like, I mean, that used to be ultra nerdy. But today, yeah. I think you can actually, with all our home automation stuff, you can almost uh, justify a rack or a half rack or a wall-mounted rack. I think sometimes when we think of racks, we think of the full cage door like you would see in an enterprise. They don't have to be that way. I didn't bring the pictures over, but if you want if you've got them local there and you can bring them up, on your screen what what made you think like one what made you go to a rack for a setup and then what'd you put in the rack well the one thing that drives a lot of tech changes is the wife complaining about something right like that that's (laughs) right off the bat um in my basement i had a lot of stuff i don't have a picture available right now for it but i had a lot of stuff just in the corner of the basement right just on random shelves and you know, it looked messy. The wires were everywhere. Computers were everywhere. And, you know, I was asked to clean it up. So I was like, this is a perfect opportunity for a rack. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a fancy rack with a door and everything. I got an open frame rack and it's uh, from Sysrax, right? It came in a hundred boxes. I had to assemble it. It was bigger than I was actually expecting. I ordered a 32U. It was much bigger than I expected, but I filled it up. I was able to fill it up easily. Um, a lot of it's expensive. Racks are expensive. The parts are expensive. I even had to order some of the parts, like the shelves from the states. It was cheaper to get them shipped from the states than getting sourcing them locally at times. So I, I I finished the rack. It took me a long time to do because parts were coming in from over um, all over the place. Running wires, making it clean. You know, I even mounted a monitor on there. Um, because you know, I can hide things behind that monitor and now it's done. It looks it, very clean. Does it look anything? So, uh, um, uh, on screen, we're looking kind of in an open, this is an eco gear open frame similar to this. Yeah. Similar to that the open frame. It just has the, um, the, just the bars in it. Right. And it's an adjustable, so I can adjust the depth if I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm showing these. These are a 15 and a 20U, which looked pretty big. You did a 32U. Is that what you said? Yeah. The oh, one I have high. is about the my height. <laughs> yeah. So in its, in its floor, it just it sits on the floor. 
it's on caster, so I can actually roll it around as needed. Yeah. So it, it had some nice support. What do you, what do you think? So in the setup of it, pretty. I mean, one of the nice things about um, you know, about rack is it's just clean. But you got to work to make it clean. It just doesn't. the The wiring doesn't do itself, right? The cabling doesn't do itself. Yep. You got to spend some time doing that. Do you enjoy that process? Was that something? I know some guys, and I, I'm kind of this way. There's, I find great satisfaction in putting all of that stuff kind of together, and it looks. I just stare at it after I've done it. Did you enjoy that part? Not really, but I'm also the type of guy. <laughs> I'll be honest, not really. That's what I expected you to say. <laughs> uh, I'm the type of guy when before I start, I I dream about the finished product, and I'm like, everything's gonna be hidden, wires are gonna be perfect, and then when I'm done, it looks nothing like I what I thought I expect I wanted. Right, so. Uh, the process, you know, you cut your finger, you know, you're doing this, you're fighting with length of wires. You know, the good thing was while I was putting it together, um, I was showing pictures in our Slack channel for the home tech guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were giving me little tips. They were like, oh, you could plug the wires in there and run them through the back or you could do this, you know. And I was like, oh, that makes sense because they've done it over and over again. This was yeah. my first rack. Right. Yeah. So it was great to have them on board and they helped a lot with that. Yeah, it it. I'm considering it for this next, you know, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a um, VR build. Yeah. So, and I'm considering it like I, I, you know, I got, I've got all this equipment around here and yeah, it's PC, but I, I could get shelves, put, lay the PC down on shelves, get that all kind of consolidated into one, you know, one kind of one area, all the wiring and all the batteries, all that kind of in one place. Get it up off the ground. It's not really on the ground, but but get it kind of vertical. And so, um, yeah. But you know, you're right. You're you're talking probably for a full rack like that. I mean, this this one I saw on Amazon was two nineteen for the twenty U. Um, we're probably talking five hundred bucks, probably uh, maybe six hundred, maybe more. I don't know for for uh, what, what do you think? What it's Canadian? You probably paid a million. For yeah, Canadian dollars, but and, and they 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 like the rack itself wasn't too bad of a price, right? But where they rope you in is like, oh, you need a shelf now. In that oh, case, yeah. yeah, the shelf's gonna cost you more than the rack. Oh, That's you're true. gonna need three shelves. Here's a slide out shelf that costs even more, right? Yeah. And then you see things that you don't have rack mounts for, and you're like, oh, now I need a power distribution, you know? So I now got to buy one of those, you know? Yeah. And then it builds up like that, and. It starts off in your mind again. You think you're going to spend maybe 300, 400? Nope. Nope. thousand dollars later. Yeah. 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 Expect, Just buy it in pieces. <laughs> right. Yeah. A um, couple comments. Uh, Bob asks, um, did you use rack studs? For sure. Rack studs got rack studs in there. Yep. And what's a rack stud? Like, uh, it's the, um, how can I explain? How you mount the thing in the rack? Okay. You know, like, yeah. you know, you use the rack studs, they go in the back, you know, you screw into them. Um, I, I'm really doing a bad job explaining it, but you get the idea. Holds it in. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Marv says, loves the eco gear. That's the one we just showed. Uses it for all his jobs now. Yeah. So, yeah. And a 20 for, I think for most people, a 20 U probably is a, is good enough. Um, I could, I, I think I would need two of those actually to get everything, you know, put together and yeah, I could probably stack them and some of those kinds of things. Well, some tips, one guy's was like, um, and I never, ever thought of this because you just think of the front, right? 
But they were like, oh, you can mount that in the back, you know, because it's not going all the way deep in the front. So you can find spots in the back. It doesn't have to be in the front. And I was like, oh, you just added to the number of U's I have. Right. So keep that in mind. If you get a 22 U, you also have the back. You can mount things in. When you say that, do you mean like because it doesn't use the full width of the shelf for that when you say in the back? Or? Yeah, so like um, my power distribution unit, like it only goes in so far. It's not using the whole depth of it. So then on the other side, I put the second one. So, you know, I didn't use yeah. up a U in the front. Stuff like that. Like, Yeah, yeah, good way. I think, and you know, the whole premise of this is we get a little more air. We get a little better airflow through it, like yeah. an open one, right? The enterprise ones that you've seen build, of course, they're kind of designed to route the cooling through them. So yeah. doors are closed and some of those things to kind of keep the keep the cool air uh, coming in through those. I, you know, I often wonder, we've gotten more efficient, ships have gotten better, but have data centers gotten cooler or have they gotten hotter in the process? You know, it, I, I kind of wonder, we did a lot of things to cool data centers. Microsoft took a took a data center and sunk it in the ocean and yep. used ocean water to cool it, right, for for a while. I don't know if they're still doing that or not, but I wonder. Data centers are hotter or cooler than they used to be. I don't know. Hey, Bob, uh, Bob would know. Bob, what do you think? Throw that in the chat and let me know. Do you think data centers are, are overall creating more heat or less than they used to uh, with with some of the stuff that that we have? Any, um, any other tips or tricks on if, you're, if someone's thinking about switching over to a rack anything you're like oh make sure you do this because because it's important uh just plan properly because everything's gonna go you know you only have so many use so you gotta plan what you want to put where you know like i have a dream machine that's not rack rack mountable so also plan for maybe changing some equipment because i'm gonna get a dream machine pro and slide it in and, and rack mount that eventually you know but it, it's a lot of planning you know and you'll be sitting there thinking and there's a lot of stuff on my rack that's not rack mountable. So what I did is I put, when I put the monitor on the front, it swings out. I can put anything behind it and I just hide all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So it makes it look cleaner. Yeah. Did you have to buy a special monitor for it? So it would fit the. No, the it was just a visa mount on, on a, like a special like mount. Right. So right. I just used the monitor I'd sitting around. Yeah. Uh, Bob says hotter. So we'll, yep. we'll, we'll take his word for it. And then he says uh, more stuff computing it. More stuff is being done in them. What they tend to do is have a cold row of input on the front and a hot row of exhaust on the back uh, for massive data centers. So it's, it's been a while. For a, for a while, I was in a role where I was in data centers all the time, getting to see some of these things. I think it's it's been a while since I've actually, it's been a while since I've been in the Gallup data center. I used to go in there all the time. We'd give tours and stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, I think, think with some security stuff, they really have locked that down to just a handful of people to yeah. be in the data center. And then really we move most of our stuff, you know, into the cloud. So yeah. there's, there's less equipment there, um, as well. Um, you've also discovered, uh, some new smart home devices that I've never heard of. Yo link is one of them. And Laura, am I pronouncing that right? What yeah, Laura. Yeah. So, so Laura is a technology. It's short for long range, and it's basically like devices that can um, communicate over a long distance. So, the technology allows devices to go as far as three miles or five kilometers in an urban uh, area, or if you're in a rural area, you can go up to ten miles. Um, and not just that, but it also has a very good battery. 
So it uses very little energy when doing this. So I'm always was looking out for a way to monitor my pool temperature. Like I want to know, look at my phone and say, what's the temperature? But I also integrate it with my smart home. So I happen to come across this company and they make um, something called Yolink. And it's a little hub, but it also it works with these LoRa devices over LoRaWAN. Ah, that's a tongue twister, yeah. but uh, it 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 works well. Like it has an open API. I was able to integrate it into my home and everything like that. And so I have one of their sensors. They actually have with an external temperature sensor mount, mounted in my skimmer, and it's telling me the temperature of the pool. And then I, I liked it so much because my pool it's at the furthest. It's at the back of my house. The hub is in the front of my house and they're able to talk to each other and they're going through walls, cement, through water. It's it works. Um, I have no problems with it. And then um, what I ended up doing was buying another temperature sensor and putting it in my deep freeze. Right. Because oh. my neighbor had his freezer. Right. My neighbor had his freezer die on him and he lost, you know, his yeah. meats and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? This is great because it works uh, through the metal. It, it won't have any problems communicating. So I threw another one in there and I'm, you know, if it ever drops below a certain temperature or above a certain temperature, I get a notification, right? So it's great. And why I also liked it, it was very affordable. It wasn't that expensive, right? These devices, this Yolong device, um, you're looking at the starter kit right now, yep. but they also have, I just bought the, the hub and I bought two devices and it wasn't that bad, right? I think that's, is that the hub there? I think this is that's the speaker hub and that also comes with two water sensors so that and and even that's $54. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's 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 very affordable. So I added that to my whole smart home setup to add so now I get reliable pool monitoring and um my freezer monitoring. I might buy a few more. Here's the here's the hub with motion sensors in it. One of the yeah. one of the things I was reading on there is um 5 year battery life and a quarter of a mile of 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 uh range on the thing is yeah. what, what they had said on there so uh super interesting so what is it that's giving that like we're, we're not used to these kinds of ranges and this kind of battery life what's doing that it's the frequency i think that it talks on they use um i don't know i don't know how to explain it. is it open yeah. frequencies or lower frequencies okay. that allow them to get through things and not get interrupted and stuff like that so hey they, they do publish like five years but i have yet to i haven't even had it for five years that's i don't know right i've seen other promises like that with other products and it wouldn't even last a year so we will see but so far it's been great um so uh bob says wow that's much less expensive than the shelly floods uh that he bought um it it is uh john saying i have my former smart things water sensors in my freezer and fridge connected to the to home assistant they transmit just fine which is kind of crazy to think that colder, like the colder temperatures aren't good for batteries. And no, so, you you have to get a special battery. I can't yeah. remember what they call it, okay. but that will handle the temperature yeah. better. Yeah. He says he needs to figure out um, the alerts on it. You know, there's a, a battery free way to, to make sure you're, well, you won't get alerted, but everybody says, you know, uh, put an ice cube, you know, put a glass of water and put a penny on top of the ice cube. And if you come back and the penny's on the bottom, you got to throw everything out, right? Yeah. Everything thought, but um, yeah, well, this is, so this is interesting and you're getting, you're getting the distance and the response that you're looking for, because I, yeah. 
you know, I know with Wi-Fi, I'm just trying to push this. Just this week, we, I bought an Amazon Fire Stick for a TV that we put out on the deck, and I and I just, it's just on the other side of the wall. I mean, my my router is literally right here, and it's just going through a little concrete to get out to the to the deck. Yeah, it's not good enough. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on, you know. So. Um, they don't have a Wi-Fi extender, do they? That would uh, that would punch through. No, just drill a hole, run a wire, <laughs> do it that way. You know. Uh, no, the stick doesn't have a the. Well, I yeah, I could I guess put an extender on the outside of the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably need to get that done. Um. So what are the what's it monitoring then? It's monitoring the pool, uh, the it? pool and my freezer. And um, I'll probably buy another couple, a couple for my wine fridge and maybe my regular fridge because you just mm-hmm. never know, right? Um, the only downside I had with this product was it's cloud based, right? So I'm not a fan of cloud ba- cloud based products, yeah, right. Yeah. But to me, it's like these are okay. Like if the freezer were to die and you know the cloud's not gonna, my internet's not gonna be down for so long where I would, you know, like I'd be fine. I'd probably still catch it in time. Um, and the pool temperature, if the internet's down, I don't really care about the pool temperature at that point. Right. Well, maybe right. I should, cause I'll jump in, you know, like, but um, it had an open API. So, you know, integration with various systems was easy. So I liked it. Oh, yeah. It was really good like that. So of course I wrote my driver and everything like that. Right. <laughs> How long did it take you? How long did it take you? Yeah. I, I kind of have it. I have it down to, you see the thing with APIs and stuff, um, especially with Zigbee and Z-Wave drivers, a lot of the code is common. So writing the drivers, you, you just copy a lot of the same code. Um, and same with a lot of these APIs, the calls, you know, may change a little bit, but a lot of the code is common. So I copy a lot of it and it makes it easier. So we're looking at the Yolink page. They've got a lot of the yes. things that you need. You know, motion sensor. It's got a garage door. In fact, they got two garage door kits. Um, they have got, um, like you said, they got temperature sensors. They've got switches, right? That you can you can plug into. What would do you think? So, as you as you move in this direction, will you as you start replacing things? You know, they got leak sensors. Will you start replacing things with this and go with this? Is it is it good enough to do that for you? No, not for me. I'm only using this as an add-on to my current setup. And I'll only add the devices that um, I'm okay if the cloud is down for whatever reason, you know, for a few hours. I'm fine with that, like I said, with my pool. But I won't replace my whole home setup. Most of my setup, I always think local first. And with anything in my home, home automation, I always aim for a local. But I'm also okay with certain things that are cloud-based. So my Echo B is cloud-based. I'm fine with that, right? It still runs if the internet. My Ratio is still cloud-based. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and you've got a variety, right? I mean, and you've written drivers for him. You've automated yeah. him in Home Assistant and Habitat. And so, or in Habitat. Yeah. Um, why, why not? Did you, have you looked at Home Assistant and, and why do you, why do you stick with Habitat? Well, Habitat, I've been with them for a number of years, um, and I've learned to code in Groovy. Um, I kind of know it inside out now. I know what I can do. It's actually, when you know how to code, it's a very powerful box because you don't realize that all the drivers and all the apps that they release are just written in the same code that you write as well. They open up a lot of APIs. Their developers are there. They help you if you have any questions. It's really good like that. Now, 
Home Assistant at the time I started with Hubitat was still you were messing with YAML files. You know, it was still I gave it a shot. I got a little like, uh, you know, for the mouse stuff, I had to switch over. It wasn't really worth my time at that, especially when my home's working as it is now. Right. Um, I see Home Assistant, though, has come a long way. They're cleaning up. Their interfaces are nice. They have a huge following and they seem to be growing a lot. So I'm going to give it another, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll check it. There's a way you can tie Home Assistant into Hubitat. Mm-hmm. So I can have Home Assistant running with devices on that and it just communicates with Hubitat. So I'll give it another look eventually. I'm waiting for it to settle down, though. Yeah, I think we're getting close to that to that yes. spot um i have an older habitat have they released new hardware um new gear like if if i have one i've had i don't know three years maybe three four years i've had my habitat is that yeah. not going to run some things am i in a spot where that may I, I may have to upgrade not really if you're looking you have the c7 or the c5 oh, I'm that's thinking. A good, that's a good question. yeah because the c7 had the 700 chip um okay. z-wave chip offline. in it yeah so <laughs> i'm bringing it, i'm trying to bring it back online i've had some trouble with it so you know for the most part for most most people you don't have to upgrade unless there's specific features you need in the c7 you don't have to upgrade but for the you know it, it will work with z-wave and zigbee and wi-fi and all that stuff the same way yeah, one of the things I liked about Home Assistant is it literally just found everything. Like I didn't have to in in my setup, I really didn't have to do anything. It just found it and said, "Hey, we've got this. Do you want to use it?" Yes. Yep. And then the dashboards were so much better on on Home Assistant than they were on Hubitat. Like I had this really slick looking dashboard that I'd put on my my Surface that I could you know, turn the lights on and off with and, you know, yeah. kind of do some cool stuff on it. So has Hubitat's dashboards gotten any better? Are they? Um, Not really, I would say. Um, I actually use something called Sharp Tools okay. um, as my dashboard. And that Sharp Tools actually is much nicer, much cleaner, lets me do integration. And I design my, sh- um, my the Sharp Tools is how we interface with all the devices. And I designed it, the the look of it and everything. And we actually use it on both our phones to control everything. And it gives me a status of everything I want. So, you know, if she's what windows are open, it will show me all the open windows and then I can go and close them. Right. And stuff like that. Right. Um, I wish they would put more time into their dashboard, but I don't think it's their priority right now. They're still like they're still pretty young. Right. And they're working on some pretty big things right now in the beta that will come out soon. And um, that will actually make get some people excited. That's good. I'll have to, I'll have to, I'm kind of getting back, you know, since I tore down on Raid and I was like, well, can I replace Home Assistant? You know, and then I had some trouble getting it running. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to my Hubitat. So I plugged that in. It wouldn't come up right away. And I was kind of like, okay, I don't have time to mess with this right now. I'll have to. I'll have to get this figured out, but uh, it is, I do miss since I took Unraid down, I miss, I miss the home assistant dashboard that would show me how much ink is left in my ink cartridges. You'd be surprised how, like how cool you look when you're the, when you're the guy who replaces the ink cartridge before it runs out. Right. Or you've got one on hand like, Oh yeah, I picked one up at Walmart, you know, or whatever. Like you look super smart. I think the other thing uh, that was super helpful for was the battery levels on a ring. So yeah. the front door is not to the point where it's charging. I, you know, I'm, I'm on battery because the sun, the way the sun moved, it's, it's not getting recharged. So I have to keep swapping the batteries out. 
and it, it was nice to know it was getting low. Although I think I have a bad battery too. I got one that goes from like 60% to six in like a day. Mm. It's like, ah, that battery's probably bad. So I do miss the, uh, I miss the dashboards and I, I may try to figure out how to get back on home assistant to make it work. Yeah. I, I, I have apps that I wrote that monitor all that stuff so I can see battery levels. It warns me when they start to get low so I can take them in advance. It warns me when devices are offline. You know, the coolest thing, I think the one thing people are most impressed by is the camera setup because we'll be the TV will be on. Someone rings the doorbell. It pops up in the corner of the TV and they love that, that, you know, from my Harmony remote, I press a button. It shows me all the outside cameras or all the inside cameras. And that's on all the TVs in the house. And whenever they ask me, you know, can you do that for my house? I'm like, ah, you know what? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Because one, you're not going to know how to fix it when it breaks. And I don't want you to call me. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I've always learned, I, you know, I used to show all this stuff off. You got to try this. And then, you know, you get these phone calls in the middle of the weekend, you know, Oh, it's not working. So I just don't show anybody anymore. Yeah. Like, no, no, I don't care. <laughs> Go figure it out on your own because I'm not interested in being your tech support on that one. So um you mentioned, you know, home you mentioned the um security and being able to bring that up on your um on your TVs and such. Uh you had mentioned in the notes that Blue Iris is and I'm I'm you're a Blue Iris user, right? And I think yep. Uyghur has talked about this from time to time. We've talked about Deep Stack, but uh, talk a little bit. There's some integration going or not or some replacement going on of yeah. their of their recognition talk a little bit about that so blue iris uses uh something called uh, used to use something called deep stack for all their object detection their ai local object detection and it was it worked pretty well um but they recently announced that they were gonna you know they're getting rid of deep stack you know and they were bringing in a new product called code project ai server and it pretty much looks the same but i guess in the back end code it's so much better so when it comes to detection of people, animals, cars, whatever, it's so much faster, right? Like from the time someone starts to walk up my driveway, I almost get like a, a, a notification right away because it says, oh, there's a person walking up your driveway or my dog goes out the back. The lights come on right away because it's like, oh, there's a dog here, right? So it's great. What What did you have to actually do to to make the switch? Um, because, okay. So because we run unraid, everything's in the Docker. So I was running yeah. deep stack in a Docker. So all I had to do was shut down that Docker and spin up the blue, uh, spin up the code project Docker. Um, it uses the same API. It uses the same ports. It uses everything. So once you spun it up, it pretty much just picked it up and continued where it left off. I mean, there were a little few tweaks here and there I had to make, but like, you're looking at like one quarter, you know, of the speed, you know, detection time. So if it took 200 milliseconds to detect something, it's now doing it in like 50. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's cool. So it's pretty easy, pretty easy to do. And do you, you ever sit there and watch the detection or do you just go, just watch it in the, uh, in the replay? Cause I know some of those times it puts a box around it. Right. Yeah. And then shows you what it is and those kinds of things. That's kind of addicting. That's like watching YouTube reels <laughs> sometimes, right? <laughs> it is. I don't, I don't rely on that too much because it keeps saying my dog's a cat. 
So I, 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 I yeah, I, I need a bigger dog. Not happy about that. Like, <laughs> no, whoa, he gets whoa. mad. But on I, it. <laughs> it's a lot more reliable. I found, and yes, sometimes when you're troubleshooting, you you can actually replay a video in Blue Iris and then see what the detection was doing and what they were detecting mm. or what they weren't detecting. Yeah. Um, and I've you know I had to tweak it a bit to ignore certain things and this and that. But now it's running really well and i like I, I like the new setup they have do you find with that like here's what i find sometimes we set up these complicated systems and we get them working the way we want them and then you, you think like oh i don't have to you know i can just let it be but then like months go by something breaks on it and you're like oh how did i do that again right type deal and you got to go back does that happen to you when you, a when you lot. <laughs> and usually when I figure out stuff, I'll add it to my a OneNote page or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Or a little summary of how it ties in together, just so I can read that and get an idea again. But usually things break because of an auto update. Like they updated the Docker and now it's like, oh, this breaks and you got to figure out why and stuff like that. So it, it is a full-time tech job sometimes. I know. I know. And I, I'm getting less patient with some yeah. of that. I don't know why I used to so much like to tinker and today it's, I, it, I don't know. The tinkering has gotten to be a little less in, you know, my, like, it's like, Hey, I set this thing up. I just wanted to keep work. Well, let's, let's talk home assistant for a second. Let's go back to home assistant. You said they're getting better. They're doing more things. Yeah. But they're also releasing an upgrade every single month and yep. you get this. Oh, Hey, dot nine is available. I just installed dot eight like yesterday, you know, it feels like anyways. So on my Unraid box, that upgrade was really slow. So we'd go offline, do its thing, it update, come back, you know, and I was always like, it's never because my Unraid box was not very powerful. I was never very sure if it was actually doing anything, you know, you kind of kick it off and you're like, okay, I kind of come back and check it in 10 minutes, you know, kind of type of thing. And it got to be almost too much. It'd be like if you had to update your iPhone every month type deal. Yeah. You know, I, 16 is out, right? And this, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to. When when the point one release comes out, I think that's when I'm going to, I'm going to make the upgrade. I just don't, like, I don't want to. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I should kick up, my, kick myself off my own show for not being, <laughs> you know, right? More kind of gadget, gadgety upgrading kind of new things. But there is that moment. I don't know. There is that moment where you just kind of get frustrated and you're like, that's kind of where I was with Unraid. I was kind of like, I don't know if so many things to keep track of on this. I don't, I don't know if I want it to be a full-time thing, you know? Yeah. I, I, I had a rant this week. This is in our show notes, but I had a rant this week of my, uh, my TV. I have an LG C1 TV and it seems like every time I turn that TV on now, it's bringing me some prompt to like this week was a new EULA I had to agree to or yeah. upgrade this app. And I'm really hating this smart TV because I don't use any of the smart stuff in it. Right. And the worst part about it is because I use a Harmony remote, the remote's programmed to the HTPC, not to the TV. So you can't even answer those questions on the remote. So I had to, I, the wife calls me and she's like, well, how do I get rid of this dialogue? And I said, you know what? Turn off the TV and go upstairs, watch the other TV. You know, like I hate that. Yes. You see, Bob, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. I, to get out of that, you I, I deselected, I didn't agree to anything and it disabled a whole bunch of stuff on me. Like these smart TVs are just getting like ridiculous. But 
I don't want to unplug it because I want the updates. Yeah. You know, right, because they've right, released right. some updates for that right. fix certain things. But if yeah. I unplug it, I don't get those updates and I don't want to manage my TV. Well, yeah, like so Bob says like this, he says, make a folder in a cloud drive, link it to something like Notepad Plus Plus and back up your configs and instructions to yeah, and I'm like, no, it's too much. I don't want. I don't want it. Documentation. No, no one writes documentation. You know, I'll forget my own. I'll forget my own. Um, you know, I'll forget my own setup. And I'm like, how did? Okay, how did I configure that again? Uncle Mars says Skynet is coming. Um, <laughs> yep. It, it is uh, like the Nvidia Shield had gotten this way for a while because I, I don't use the Shield as much, so it seemed like every time. Sarah would be like, okay, I can't get to channels. And I'd go out there and it was an update, right? That was like yep. waiting or whatever. I'm like, God, I just, I think I just updated this thing. And then, or Android, they're like, you know, on Android, they just decide to do things for you. Nope, we're going to do it this way now. Sorry you didn't read the long release file on this, you know, thing. And you're like, oh, what? wait, a, what? wait, what? Stop, stop doing that. You're, you're breaking things. You're breaking Plex. They like to break Plex all the time. I don't know why, but they, the Android likes to seem to mess that up. So, yeah, I got to kind of figure out because I do. I mean, I'm with you. I've got all this home automation. It's a little bit different, like Philips for my lights. Yep. Uh, I got some Govi stuff for the cigars. I've got, um, I've got some Wi-Fi enabled lights. I forget who makes those. Um, I've I got a garage door thing. I forget who makes it. And you probably um, have ten different apps to to control them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I have a TP Link for TP Link plugs, right? I got all this different. That was kind of what was nice about Home Assistant is it seemed to find all those things and unify it and bring it together, make it make it fairly simple for me. But you're kind of talking me back into maybe maybe I just need to rethink my Unraid box where it's on newer equipment. The drives are accessible because I did have a drive go bad. And then I was like, well, I don't know what drive that is because I didn't document it. So that means I got to take it down. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. I could probably build, you know, I could probably, what, what's the minimum? Four drives on Unraid or can I do three? Um, flash? You, you need a parity drive pretty much. You could do like two drives, I think, if you wanted. Mm, okay. um, oh, no, you need your cache drive as well. So three. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just virtualize the whole thing? I know that seems a little stupid, but I want to run Unraid. I don't need all the storage. <laughs> you know? You, you don't like Unraid is nice because you could do as little as you want because my backup server is actually all it is is one drive in there. It runs yeah. Unraid, but it's one drive. If right. that drive fails, that's fine. It's just backups, right? I'll swap right. it, I'll put another drive in and kick off another backup, right? So you could do as little as you want or as much as you want. It's 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 that customizable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something to build over the weekend. It's another weekend project, right? To get yeah, my time, yes. Uh, Bob says, I, I listen, I have plenty of time. It's not it, I, it's not, it's it's weird. I just don't want to. Like I used to really enjoy all that troubleshooting, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I have less patience, maybe. Bob my Unraid less. My, I don't spend much time anymore on my Unraid yeah. in terms of supporting it. Uh, like, yeah. the, I haven't emailed me a lot of stuff when things go bad. So I, I get ahead of drive failures now. I try to get ahead of them. So if I'm getting certain errors, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to swap that drive out. I'll use that drive in the backup computer, for example. And I'll put in a good drive and, and go forward with that, right? Yeah, I just I'd like to get a cage that had that almost looked like a NAS cage where the 
the drives are on the outside so you can label them and see them. And then I would think a fairly efficient modern chip, probably an Intel chip for it, that that's low power. So when it's not running, it's not taking very much, but enough power that it can run the things that I want it to run, the Dockers or the VMs that I want to run on it. Um, Go with cores. If you if you're looking at chips, my advice is get okay. more cores, right? Because then you can dedicate cores to certain things. So I have 12 cores in mind. I have four cores dedicated to a VM that runs Blue Iris and various other things. And then it doesn't interfere with the other eight cores that run all my Dockers. I have like 20 or 30 Dockers running. So they don't interfere with each other, right? And so I'm always saying get more cores. Advice. So what, what do you have? Which chip do you have? What are you running on there? Do you know? It's a Xeon E5 29. I can't remember. 29. Not very power. Not very power friendly though. That no, the Xeons it, are pretty, aren't they? Um, It's, it's, it's good with power and stuff like that. It's, it's, okay. it's I just got a precision um computer. Okay. Um, The computer was probably from 2012, I think. And I ended up just upgrading oh. the chip. I got the chip from California. You know, it's cheaper to get from California. Yeah. Pay like a hundred bucks, and now I have twelve cores, twenty-four threads, and that's what I'm running in. It runs everything on there. Yeah, yeah. Something to something to think about. It it uh, the the box that I was running it on is fairly old. I mean, it's a it was a Core i three five forty, so first gen Core i three. Yeah probably 12 mm-hmm. years old, you know, and you know, uh, I mean, it did, it worked it's just not great. You know, it's like uh, it's four gig of Ram on that thing. And you, know, you, you know, want to throw more Ram in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, right on, right on. Yeah. No, no. It's just, yeah. Get a, get a more, uh, get a, get a, a more, the Bob and Ryan over at think computers always dog me. Cause I, I make stuff last forever. I literally make it run till it just is dust. And uh, it's just the way I am. So, so don't judge me. Um, you speaking of speaking of that of backups, you recently switched your your backup provider from from CrashPlan uh, to iDrive. That's I didn't expect to see that. What? What? Why the change? Um, well, first of all, I've been CrashPlan for years, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's just their app is was just a headache right like it was just failing and you know backups were failing and i couldn't it seemed like it was constantly like um what was it doing it does this process it runs and it seemed like it was just constantly doing a cleanup process and i couldn't figure it out and i just got so fed up of it that i was like you know what let me look around and i looked at all the the popular ones the back blazes etc etc and i came across this iDrive, and you know i've never really heard of them before but i was like for the price they were charging for the amount of storage I needed. Um, I looked at their app. So some some of the backup um, thing uh, software, they wouldn't do things like allow you to backup off of a, a network share. Because I would run the app in a VM, but I, I have a drive map to my Unrate server and I want to back up that stuff. But you'd be surprised. A lot of those apps didn't even let me do that, right? So iDrive let you do this. Their app met all my, you know, requirements uh, for the price, everything. I just said, you know what? Let me give them a shot. So I went with them and it's been working every morning. I get an email that says your backups uh, complete. We backed up this much data. You're good. Right. Um, There was a period when um, it was failing on a couple files. I contacted support. They told me what it was. I deleted those files. I didn't need them anymore. And I was back in business, you know, but keeping an eye on it whenever there's a successful backup was important to me. 
Because when it does fail, you don't want to find out it was failing for three months when you need to restore something too, right? Mm-hmm. How, how have you, well, have you tested a, a restore? Um, My backup, all I want to do is be able to restore files if I need. Okay. Okay. Right. So like, you're not uh, trying to do bare metal or any of those. Kinds no, of all, all, all my computers back up to my backup server as bare metals uh, backups. And I've yeah, actually yeah. restored to that. But when I'm backing up to online, it's just files. So if I need a file, I've gone on there and just grabbed the file to get it back. Right. Um, so it, it, and it does that. Do you, so they have a personal and a team plan. Um, you know, they're typical $80 and $100 a year for, for their storage. What what did you get and, and how are you doing it? I can't remember because this has been a while now what I was <laughs> paying for, but I know I got it for a deal. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So you always take advantage of that deal. And even yeah. after that deal was up, it was still working out cheaper than crash plan for me i think i have the personal one for five terabytes because i yeah five I was, that's pretty generous for five for yes, five terabytes right and unlimited computers but i only run it on one computer but i i'm up in the i only do about one and a half to two terabytes i think yeah are up there yeah. and that's it well a lot of folks are on the crash plan unlimited right because yeah. it was unlimited right and i know you know and I would say even today, this was, you know, we had all those problems with crash plan and they changed their plans and a lot of people left them. I ended up going to Backblaze and it'd been great. I've on B2 and I'm not using it. Although I've been using a Cronus cloud for, they get the plan I have gives me 500 gig. And that's actually enough for the, for the Mac and my wife's computer for the files we actually need. Like yeah. that's, that's not everything but it's like the computers we use every day 500 gigs enough right and then um, you know backblaze for the for the podcast stuff and all of all of those pieces um but don't you think for most people like yeah it's not unlimited but five terabytes that'll probably get you most of the way there don't you think yeah, most people don't have a lot of data when they sit there and look at it. Five ter- yeah. They won't even get close to the five terabytes. You're going to get those people that do photography, for example, where they have drives full of pictures that they want backed up. You know, Th- Those people are rare. And you're going to have those that will want to back up all their movie files and stuff, too, where I'm kind of like, I don't back that stuff up because if I have to, I'll just re-rip them. Um, but y- you have some people that are like, I don't want to spend the time. Let me just back it up. And then you'll fill up that five terabytes pretty quickly at that point. But I back up the important stuff, my code um, documents, you know, important doc uh, stuff like that. Right. Um, And I get that up there. Right. And I have like some DJ um, music audio that I have to back up. That's probably the largest piece of it from over the years. So that that's even I'm not reaching that five terabyte. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I used to find I tried to back up bare metal. Right. All the time. Right. Full image. Back it up. I never used it. And even when I did, I screwed it up. So I I started thinking, I'm just going to do file base. Like I'm going to think files and and make the assumption I'm never going to restore a PC from scratch. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to reload it and then I'm going to bring the files back over. I think you act a little bit differently with the way you store things when you do it that way versus bare metal restore um because you just you just save things differently but but gavin that has been that's actually been successful for me like that has worked for me way better just making sure i got file storage and i can go back and restore individual files so blow it away throw windows back on it restore what i need 
done deal, right? I just find that to be easier. And that actually works for me. Yeah. In the end, it all comes down to what works for you. You have to find, you know, some people are aware of where their files are being saved, where they're finding a lot of the younger generation don't even know where their files are saved anymore. It's true. You know, studies are showing that they, they just know you go here and you open the file, but they don't know where that file actually sits on the drive, right? That, or it's even a file. Like, uh, yeah, where's it saved? Oh, my TikTok drive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just drive. click here and it shows uh, my name and I click on that and the document opens, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, what works yeah. for you? Yeah. Um. Do you back up your phone? Um. Yes. So my phone, I actually bought the iCloud plan. Yeah, I did. So I I actually share it with my mom and my sister, um, the wife, and I have all their phones backing up to it. I can't see their files or anything like that. It just it's backup, and it's just you know for safety. If I'm gonna buy the plan, I might as well share it with everybody. And then one of the bonuses you get to share apps as well. So if I buy an app, they can get the download the app as well, right? So. But for photos, um, every now and then I'll go through and I'll empty out my photo library, my camera, right? Um, and I use an app called, oh, what's it called again? It's uh, PhotoSync, mm. right? And I just launch the app and it does a sync to my uh, Unraid server, a share on my Unraid server. And then when my phone plugs in or gets power again, it syncs through iTunes wirelessly and it syncs it back into my photo library on the phone. Hopefully that makes sense. Basically, I'm getting it from the camera library to the photo library, right? Yeah. But I clean it up and stuff too, so I'll have the important photos on there. Um, the rest of it sits on my Unraid box. You can literally on your phone have it going, have pictures going to like seven different places yes. and not know it, right? You can have Google Drive. You can have Amazon, I think, still is doing this. Yeah. You can do it to the iCloud. You can do it to OneDrive. You can like... If you use our services and they're like, hey, you want to back up your photos? Yeah. I, I'm kind of getting to the point. I, God, I'm getting old. This is the problem. Again, <laughs> Gavin, I'm getting really old. But I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't care about my pictures anymore. You know, I'm kind of <gasps> like, I know this sounds bad. But, like, I mean, I take them and I post them places where I want people to see them. But I got so many pictures of things that, like, I don't. I just, I just don't know if anybody cares enough about my pictures that like, you know, both my mom and dad have passed away in the last eight years and we've gone through all their stuff. And, and my, my mom had reams of, of binders of pictures that we literally went through one more time. And then, you know, I know what you mean, you know, and you're like, she held on to that stuff for years hoping we would enjoy it. And we did. Don't get me wrong. We did. Everybody feels a little bit differently about this. And so I know some of you are screaming at me right now in your car, like, no, like the kids. Yeah. I'm not even sure the kids like the pictures we took of them when they were kids. You know, we got, we've got some albums around, but I don't know. I just, I'm not as, I think sometimes we think we can't miss a single picture. And sometimes I want to go, God, live in the moment for a second. Yeah. Like, don't be so worried about your pictures and the and, and and the videos and stuff that you're, you know, you're getting distracted from what's actually important, which is you're there in the moment. I don't know. That's just again, maybe I'm getting maybe I'm Scrooge. I'm just getting yeah, a little it, 
I feel the same way too because when I look at my camera roll, it's a lot of pictures of serial numbers and things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, if you think yeah. about a serial For number or the, how that wiring was done or stuff yeah. like that, you know, or my dog, but it's never of like anything else in the moment, right? Like it's all just. I just need a picture of that so I could take it over here, right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. You know. I I do the same thing, like, or I can't see it, so I put my phone out and stand yeah, and take a picture. Okay, so that's then I can blow it up old. again. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're like, oh, I can't see that thing, which is just cool. super handy. We, you know, I walk the cemetery every day here in Bellevue. It's just a very, it's a hilly, very convenient place to walk. But I've also gotten in the habit of, they, you know, there's a grave finder. Uh, find, I think it's called findagrave.com. People can submit requests like, can you go take a picture of this grave? It's here. And so we, we go find them and oh. then take pictures of them, right? So my, my phone has a bunch of random headstones in it, right? <laughs> Where we've taken pictures and you, you start scrolling through it and you're like, bourbon, 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 cigars, granddaughter, yeah. Yeah. graves. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing with your life? You know, and you're like, hey, listen, my phone my phone pictures don't look as bad as they appear, but no, they are actually pretty bad. You know, I got some sunsets, you know, in the mornings lately I'm walking between six and seven. And so the yeah. sun, that's when the sun's coming up and um, it's beautiful. So you take a few pictures, you know, and, and so I don't know it, it is, we, we also, and there's some stuff going in the chat room, you know, uh, Joe says, uh, one thing I love about Android is it's synced to my local server without having me to do anything. So yep, great. The I app I use does that too, right? You can yeah. make it automatic if you want to. Yeah. Awesome. So you got an eight places in the cloud and then one on, you know, one, you also have a local copy that yeah, nobody's going to be able to find. You, you know, know one thing I like about the sync services though, when you look at iCloud and Google is when they make those montages, so in your case, it would be a montage of headstones probably and yeah, with a little music yeah, behind yeah, it, right? Yeah, but yes. we've gotten a few of those <laughs> montages where it's like over the years, you and your furry friend, and it would be pictures yeah. of you and the dog. And you sit, I actually sit there and you, you get like, yeah. I yeah. remember that. And it gets yeah. a little emotional. And you're like, oh yeah. yeah, when he was a puppy. I like those. No, I agree with you. Those are actually really helpful. Yeah. Because it's creative, right? It's different than just your pictures, but like I've got a, I've got it. There's a section where my granddaughter was over and we were just literally doing selfies, her and I, you know, with her head here. And like, I am just taking, I figure I'll take 30 pictures and one of them will be really good and I'll delete the rest. No, I didn't delete no. the rest. They're all there. <laughs> They're all They're there. All Somebody, <laughs> why do you have 30 pictures with your granddaughter? Which is what we did. We just took those pictures. So, so it, it is, I, for a while too, I had, when I had the Drobo running, I had things backing up to the Drobo. I had all these pictures backing up to the Drobo. I had them on the Drobo. I had them on the, I had them on a, uh, I had them on the Unraid server. I had them, I was backing them up to OneDrive. So they were not only that, it's not only were they going to OneDrive, but then they were downloading to all of my computers that had OneDrive on them. So I was, it was like nine different places where they're at and so it's a little ridiculous. I get why we do it. I get why we do it, but it, it is, it is a little, it is a little ridiculous. I've, I am, you know, I recently, I've like, well, I got 500 because of the plan I bought on a Cronus. I got 500 gig. I was like, well, might as well use it. You know, I got it. Yeah. Might as well yeah. use it. So backing up there and I am doing some local backups as well, which even though I just said, I don't do bare metal and I guess I could, right. Acronis is kind of known for their bare bare metal restore. Um, yep. it's, it's pretty good, but I still probably would never use it. 
I've used the bare metal restore a few times. Like I have every computer in my house back up to my backup server and it's uh, using the internal windows backup. And I've actually had a drive fail. And then I just pop up, pop it out, pop in a new drive, a windows 10 USB, and then restore the image and it would boot up like normal. So mm -hmm. it, as long as you're backing up, you know, as long as you have a backup and you know, that backup's good, like at least you, your data safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I care less about my data these days. <laughs> I get like, <laughs> oh, whatever. It does. It's not that important. You know, I don't know. It, it's kind of, but yet I'm still doing it. Right. I'm still doing it. A couple comments coming in in the chat room. Bob had said earlier, the biggest thing um, is using a server chip. We're talking about Unraid here for a second. So okay. using a server chip instead of a consumer chip is a number of PCIe lanes that you get for controllers. An I3, 5, 7, and I9, I think. Um, or he said I seven twice. So it doesn't matter. Have like 20 servers. Workstations have like 40 and support ECC memory. So that maybe, I mean, is worth thinking right about if for this, I could probably, if I was going to buy an unraid box, maybe I would buy an old server board and put it in something, you know, in another, in another case that had uh, the, the setup that I wanted for the drives. So that might be an option. Thoughts? On yeah, that? you'll you'll get into. I was looking at old servers and stuff like that, but then I think you get into more power requirements with some of them, or they get louder. You know, the fans you'll have to start dealing with. So my my setup's all in the basement. So luckily, I don't have to hear it, and it's naturally cooled. I'm good with that. The one thing I want to get though is I want to get like a rack mounted, just a, a bunch of discs. And I've been doing some research it because um, right now I have two uh, eSATA like external drive bays, but I want to rack mount something. So I kind of wanted to get like a little chases where I could put in like um, eight to 12 discs in it. But then I just don't know how the interface would work back to the computer at that point. I'm still researching it. Yeah. Um, so that's my next probably upgrade to the rack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan says, uh, been a long time since I've used anything, Acronis. Good to hear they're still in the game. Yeah, they're and they're actually getting, you know, much like you said uh, with Home Assistant, they're kind of getting popular right now. And they're doing a lot of stuff. They, they've added a lot of stuff to their software. They've done a lot of engineering to it. So it's pretty good stuff. I've I've liked it. Um, and they've got some, they've built in some antivirus, any malware, any uh, ransomware stuff into their software as well. So it's not a bad not a bad protection solution. If you're going to use them for backup, you kind of get it all in one. So um, Bob says uh, workstations equal quieter servers on desktops. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then he says servers like one, uh, you and two, you screaming fans are designed to be in a room that you tend to need hearing protection on. Yeah. You don't, their fans are, are industrial grade. They're not intended to be quiet home fans, right? They're, they're intended to be in a server room that nobody, cares how loud it is in there so yeah certainly some research i guess i could dig into it a little bit more and see if i want to if i want to rebuild my unraid server or do something i really would prefer to be honest just to virtualize it they've got a vm for it and i, I probably just need to figure out i think i'm going to need some different hardware to do that but i'd rather kind of just virtualize, virtualize unraid no oh, no no sorry uh, home assistant. I really need oh, Unraid. Yeah, yeah. I need Unraid for Home Assistant. Like, yes, that's right. 
And so you're like, uh, and so well, you can things. run Home Assistant two ways. You can run it as a Docker, and it's really easy if you just do it as a Docker, yeah, right. Or you can run it as a v- a virtual machine, which right, uh, right, is right. a little more complicated to set up. I would yeah. just run the Docker. I mean, there's reasons why you do one over the other, so you might want to look into that. Yeah. But when I was playing with it, I just ran the Docker, and it took me no time to set up. Okay, I have to. Again, I need to spend more than five minutes. Uh, well, like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, a little more. Yeah. I'm, ta- I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go take a nap. Um, Gavin, anything else? Uh, anything else new or anything else I missed off the notes that you, that that you think is important? No, we covered it all, and you know, like uh, it was a good talk. Like a whole bunch yeah. of random topics, you know, like no, it's fun. Although they all yeah. kind of fit together. This is one of those. Yeah. You know, I really kind of like to go through people's stuff, and then other people learn. Like they listen to that and like, oh yeah, I didn't think I didn't think about that. And I do too. Every time I have you on, it gets me rethinking my kind of my unraid storage. We talk a lot about that, right? A home automation. Yeah. It's me rethinking it, you know, like, well, I should probably I've you know, I've had a lot of success. It really is if you have the the Google or the Amazon infrastructure, yeah. it's that's actually drop dead pretty simple. Right. It, it is. all everything fits into that pretty much into that ecosystem and you just say it and it just does it you know if you're going to rethink your automation our home automation just give it a few months let, let that one sit for a few months and the yeah. reason why i say that is because matter is just around the corner so okay. matter has a bunch of promises i don't know what it's going to live up to yet but let's see what happens with that because it's going to probably change some things in the industry make your decisions a little different so you know put that on the back burner for probably three months or so Okay. Um, iOS 16.1 beta just released I, or just came out recently and it had hints of matter in it. So oh. it's close to coming out. Okay. It's close. And tell me, tell me what, what, so you say matter and I think of brain matter. Oh, what, oh, what okay. matter? <laughs> matter is the new, um, home automation, I guess, protocol standard. That's going to let, um, all these big companies like Google and Amazon jumped on it. And it's going to let them all, all their devices talk to each other. Oh, right. Okay. So the whole promise is that once it's matter certified, you'll be able to use whatever dashboard you want. You'll be able to, they'll all communicate and work together. This is the promise, right? Um, We're already seeing signs of companies kind of putting in ways that they're going to hinder it in a way. Like I heard with smart things, like smart things could be a matter controller, but it won't expose certain smart things devices back into the matter ecosystem. So it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of not what we want here. We want everything just to talk to each other and work with each other. So when it gets released, we're going to see how the big companies have decided to lock us into their little ecosystem, you know, where they'll import matter devices, but they won't export the matter devices. I don't know. But that being said, it's around the corner and it's going to change a lot of things. So, well, I tell you what, if the, 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 the Amazon infrastructure allowed me a dashboard that I could put all this, like, like the home assistant dashboard. Yeah. It'd be game over. I, I would have no reason to go to like, I just really want a good dashboard where I could see. Yes. Like let's use the printer ink. I use that in the beginning. I do use that feature and yes, Amazon will say to me, Hey, you need it printer ink. It'll tell me that. I don't need to go to a dashboard. It'll tell me that. I don't want it yeah. that way. I want to see it on a dashboard, right? I, 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 you know, now it wants me to buy it, so it's always saying like, "Hey, yeah, I can refill this for you." You would think that'd be terribly convenient. I don't. 
I don't trust it for some reason. You, you think know? it's going to order the wrong thing or give no. you the most expensive version yeah. of it. That's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. And even worse yeah. with Amazon, I was reading this week that they're going to start introducing ads into their replies and stuff like that too now. Uh, so yeah, like once the, if they start doing that and drives me nuts, I'm going to get rid of all my Amazon devices. Let's, I, I don't want when I ask it to do something, I don't want to say, by the way, well, it's already <laughs> doing that. Right. But I mean, if it gets even yeah. worse and starts doing ads, uh, no. Remember in the Truman show, every time they would like she, you know, he'd be like, oh, I'm cold. And she'd be like, I can make you some hot chocolate. And then she'd show that <laughs> it was an ad. Yep. <laughs> and he was like, why are you doing that? You're right. That's that's funny. Right. I think we may get to that point where, um, you know, it, it, the, the ads coming in, by the way. You know, yeah. and, and I'm getting some of those suggestions. You know, I've I got a notification the other day that hey, your printer ink's low. We can, I can order that for you. I, I think maybe I should just let it do it once and see because how much yeah. more can it really be? And then just kind of compare. If it's you know, sometimes we we you know we spend five dollars to save a nickel, yes. and you're like you know, it, so I, I've got uh, you know um, you know D- Dan brings up a good point. You know, hey. A lady, what's the weather? We do say that from time to time. And then the answer is today's weather brought to you by the weather <laughs> channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Visit the weatherchannel.com and get all your channel need all your weather needs. Whatever, you know. Um this uh, well, and in Bob says you've ever said, you know, um you, you never have a second cup of coffee. Would you like to increase your subscription to that? You know, and and you know, I use Nespresso, and actually that would be one of those kinds of things like the A lady can detect, you know, you can put it in guard mode. And if the glass breaks, uh, if there's glass breaking or those kinds of sounds, it'll alert you, right? I need it like when the when the Nespresso uh, pod drops in the, it counts that for me. Like, and then it says, hey, you're going to, you're running low on coffee. You might need to reorder. Now I say that, but then I don't trust it. Like, I'm impossible. You'd be surprised. I was actually looking at something like this and it's like, uh, it's like an Amazon scale, but of course I can't find it now, but it it basically, you, you, it knows the weight of the product. So you can put like toilet paper on it. And then when the weight gets below a certain point, it will reorder it for you automatically and send you a notification. So Amazon has products that do things like that for you automatically. Your Nespresso could get auto reordered. I just don't trust that. Like (laughs) I I, I should. I should trust it. Like I listen, I've gone in and made worse shopping decisions when I, you know, it's going in to buy something like, Oh, I need to reget and I go. And then I, I end up leaving with a whole bunch more stuff. Yeah. So I can't even trust me. All right. Well, uh, let's end it on that. Cause I can't even <laughs> trust me. So uh, on that, a uh, couple reminders, Gavin, thanks for, first of all, thanks for coming out. Thanks for being a friend in representing HomeTech.fm really, really well here on Home Gadget Geeks. Oh, thank you. We'll encourage folks, if you haven't added that to your podcast list and you're interested in home automation, all those things, you should head over there and subscribe right now. HomeTech.fm is probably the easiest way. There's, I'm, I'm sure there's links to get yeah. that done or search for that in any in your favorite podcast app. And Gavin, thanks. Can you can you hang tight for just a second? Are you okay? For sure. That? I'm, okay I'm good time? with time. Yep. Couple, couple reminders on the way out. One, uh, big thanks for Patreon subscribers. I said it in the beginning, but I do appreciate you guys. If you wanna if you want to support the show in, in the way, we just have one easy $5 plan, uh, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. If you haven't got the coin, I've got a few of those I can even mail out to you if you want to jump on that um, as well. 
Uh, see what it's oh big thanks to Christian over there, Maple Grove Partners. If you get secure, reliable, high speed hosting, if you need a place to host something, anything, he's really good uh, on the WordPress side of things, but he can do just about anything. The Wiz Kid will do it for you. Head out to maplegrovepartners.com and the plans are still 10 bucks. He hasn't raised his prices, so not for now. So you might want to jump in there and uh, plans are $10. Join our Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. A nice, quiet group, but very, very helpful. And we they won't spam you over there, but uh, good conversations, deals from time to time, home automation. The, the, the networking section in Discord is kind of like just what we talked about tonight. It kind of is just a, a really fun uh, area to go out and learn a lot from you guys. If you want to leave a, leave a voicemail message for me, if you got a question or a comment, homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a blue uh, record button in the bottom right-hand corner. You can do that as well. Um, if you do leave me a message, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv, just so I go and check that. I don't get a lot of them, so I just it could sit for a while if you don't. Again, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. All right, I think that's it. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv slash live. Next week, we did have Dave from uh, Mac Geek Gab coming on, but he had to move. I may take the next I may take next week off. I've got um, some family coming to town, and I just may take it off. The week after that, Ryan and Bob, I need to give them their homework. I've been saying this, but I haven't told them that they're going to help me pick computers. So I, <laughs> I better email them this week and be like, Hey, I want some recommendations from you guys. I don't want it over the top, but I want some good stuff. So we're going to spend, I'm going to put Bob against Ryan and I want you in chat uh, just kind of watching these two duke it out. I, I want to, I want their recommendations. So I'm going to say, Ryan, what do you think? And Bob, what do you think? And then I'm going to say, well, hopefully they'll fight. That's what I'm kind of hoping for on the show. Get the best possible gear uh, on there. Uh, that'll be in two weeks. And then, um, uh, Jay Franzi's coming back, and I got Edward Winninger coming on as well, talking about some cryptocurrency. Certainly some interesting things happening this week as Ethereum finally merged. Took forever, but Ethereum is now proof of stake, which means Ethereum miners no longer work. I never thought I'd see that day, but it is, it, that day is here. So it's um it's a pretty major change in crypto we'll ask edward about it and by then we'll have some fallout on it crypto prices are down right now and i don't know if it's because of that but um we'll we'll chat with edward a little bit here up coming up in a couple weeks and, uh, and get the latest on crypto if you join us in the chat room thanks for coming out and uh, with that say goodbye everybody